0: And now a man who has more sponsors and better walk-up music than Jimmy Kimmel. We bring you Mike Morgan, Morgan on the
1: move. Morg, how are you? I'm doing fine. I like that uh, that Gary Patterson uh, story. I, I I don't know if that's true, but I think he should go with that. I mean, how cool would that be in the middle of refereeing a game on national TV? Mm. Guy lines up for a for a big kick. And there you see Gary on the corner of your screen taking out his cell phone and handling an auto insurance claim. That's that's a that's a guy who cares right there. That's a State Farm difference.
0: Well, I was trying to keep it simple, but, I mean, we can make it more dramatic. I was trying to keep it to an extra point in a Wake Forest game. But it could be a, a game-winning field hey. goal in a Notre Dame game, and uh, he or, gets a phone call. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. It could be 22-22 with the extra point. Could be the, the difference in a Wake Forest-Duke clash of the Titans.
0: He could be like, who was the NFL player who scored a touchdown and then his celebration was like he pulled out his cell? No, he actually went and got his cell phone from the inside the padding around the goalpost, didn't he?
1: That was Joe Horn, whose son played for the Gamecocks.
0: That's right. Uh, yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, you're sounding good. I yeah. know you were uh, fighting it a little bit uh, last night um, going to your ball game, So I'm glad you're feeling better. You'll be in Columbia for the Gamecocks and Missouri. What about the win over Kentucky by the Gamecocks? How much did that resonate around the country?
1: Well, you know, I had Kentucky the game before against Georgia, and that resonated because Kentucky looked so good – uh, they are already the most talented team in the country. And then you add the, the big Z kid who just just went off uh, and, and one of the more amazing off-the-bench debuts I've ever seen. So they had the national spotlight. So when you're playing the team with the national spotlight, you have the national spotlight. And for Carolina to absolutely <clears throat> lay a beatdown on Kentucky in front of a sellout crowd, uh, that all of a sudden – I think that was the kind of exposure you can't buy. Uh, it was a game on a again on a Tuesday night. It's not a whole lot else going on, and everybody wanted to see. Uh, and I say everybody now. Obviously, we're talking outside of Gamecock Nation mm-hmm. on a national basis. A lot of people were enamored with the Kentucky story and the the Big Z story. And then they, what they tuned into was, oh my goodness, uh, who are these guys? And you know, for, for those of us who've been Covering the league and Carolina all year long, not that big of a surprise in terms of what they did. It's, it's how they did it. I mean, how they dominated. I'm not surprised they won the game at home. I think if you're a good, if you're a good team, and this is obviously a good team, you can pull off an upset almost uh, over anybody at home. Uh, but to dismantle and absolutely annihilate Kentucky the way they did that was the surprising part to me.
0: So here is little old Lamont Paris against John Calipari, and he's 2-0 and lifetime against him. That's, yeah. uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming when Paris took over at South Carolina, that he'd be 2-0 and against Kentucky. Maybe last year was a one-off, but not this year. That was a downright convincing, well-coached, well-prepared win by South Carolina. But now I think, and you know the ebbs and flow of this sort of thing, because South Carolina's a good team, but it's not a super team yet. Maybe it morphs into one. They have got to be doubly prepared for this Missouri game that you'll call on Saturday. Missouri's winless in the league. They played a close game with the Gamecocks just recently out in Cuomo. Uh, I'm sorry, Como. And if, they, if they're not on their game, if the fans are not there yeah. in the same sort of fervor they were on Tuesday night, they could just come out and lay an egg here, and everything they gained on Tuesday night will go down the drain.
1: No, I, I mean, that's a great point. It, you know, they, Missouri had Texas A&M on the ropes just a few nights ago in College Station. In, in other words, they're going to beat some people, and they're going to snake bite some people. And if you're not careful, it's going to be you. So you're absolutely right. And to your other point, you know, the, the, the brilliance of this coaching job by Lamont Paris is that they're not the most talented team. They're not even close to the most talented team. If you just base it on things like NBA, like pro type guys, you know, if this were a combine, I'm not sure who on the the roster. I mean, the the, the Murray Boyle's kid might be the most highly sought after NBA prospect a year or two from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that's you know, thankfully that's not what college basketball is won on all the time. If it was, Kentucky and Coach Cal would have about a dozen national championship trophies instead of the one that they have since he's taken over uh, what, what Lamont Paris has done is institute a, a culture there, the way they play the game. Uh, they, they do not concede anything on the defensive end and they, they don't compromise their style. It's not always the prettiest, just like if you've been, if you watched Wisconsin under Bo Ryan, Which clearly that's where he, that's where his pedigree is. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm watching a Wisconsin game from 10 years ago when I watched this Carolina team play. And those Wisconsin teams won a lot of games against teams that were quote unquote more talented. Uh, But the system, look, defense and handling the basketball, that travels. If you play D and you value possession and you don't just turn it over, uh, that travels no matter where you are and it's going to help you win games. Where you're not the most talented team, so I look. I and I've said this on the the ITG show inside the Game Cuts, JC Sherbert and Jamie Bradford, part of the Chief Sports Network, mm-hmm. which I know you're proud to be a part of. Proud. Um, I, I I I've confessed I have a man crush on Talon Cooper. I just love the way he plays the game. I've been saying that for two months, and without him, I don't know where this team would be. It's not you know he averages under 10 points a game, but if you if you really understand the game and you truly Watch the way he plays, watch the way he defends, how he controls the game. You know, five more assists, zero turnovers. He's got either the number one or number two assist to turnover ratio in the league. That, to me, uh, is a stat that spells wins. Uh, I, I think he is the most valuable player. Meechie's been terrific. Uh, you know, the, Mac was a huge get in the portal. And, you know, Coach Paris told me last year when he was taking all his lumps, he said, I am promise you one thing. We're going to be very active in the portal, and this thing's going to look a lot different. And it's exactly what he's done, and it's exactly what it is. And I just think it's a, it's a tremendous story. It reminds me a little bit of the 0-4 team that came out of nowhere with no expectations and made it to the one NCAA tournament team Dave Odom had with Balkman and Kinsey and Boynton and Kelly uh, Wallace. And, and those guys came out of nowhere and, and went to the big dance I think this team can do the
0: same thing. Hey, Mike, listen, man. You don't have to apologize. Real men don't have to apologize for having a man crush. Just think me and Larry Bird, okay? You got a man crush on Talon Cooper. Yes. That's absolutely yes. fine, okay? I understand you're coming I'm okay from. with it.
1: Yeah. I'm secure with it. There you go. I'm secure with it 100%. Mm-hmm. There you go.
2: All right, moving along, Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move here on Sports Talk. And, Mike, you talked about the commitment to defense. And and I look at Lamont Paris and what he's brought to South Carolina. He's almost like a dodo bird. I mean, we've gone mm-hmm. so far away to the other side where if you don't score 90 points a game like Kentucky, you don't have a shot. Well, what they've been able to compensate with is their ability to shoot threes. But I, I thought it was eye-popping. Watching his team and then him describe what they do on during the game after the win over Kentucky, he said every timeout they had, all they talked about was defense. He has he has very little interest. He said his guys go out and hoop on the offensive end, but he's got standards to maintain defensively. In in your opinion, is that style of play attractive? First off, and also sustainable? Not just this year, but moving forward.
1: Well, look, I I think the most attractive style of play for any recruit. Or any kid in the portal is, they want to go where you can win, and uh, you know I think for a while there, kind of the the bandwagon uh, coaching hires. It's like okay, which coach could promise more up tempo than the next guy? Well, we're going to run fast. No, we're going to run even faster, and, and all that's great. Except if you're just missing a bunch of shots and turning it over, uh, that that up tempo basketball gets you nothing. You, know, you there's there's multiple ways to be a good basketball team and you don't have the talent at South Carolina that you do at some of the top 10 elite programs that are more suited to play that I mean it's not unlike what Steve Spurrier did and when he took the South Carolina football job he changed the way he did things he didn't run the fun and gun he won games on defense he won games of Marcus Lattimore pounding the rock 35 times Uh, that's okay a win is a win And I think the DNA of what Lamont Paris does to to win games actually fits very nicely with the kind of players that he's going to be able to attract at South Carolina. But, again, the more he wins, like if they get to the tournament this year, and that's, that's, I mean, right there, that's a coup. Remember, this team was picked last in the league, not by me, Hmm. but by the voters in Birmingham. And, Phil, I know you were there with me. Mm -hmm. We had to fill out a ballot. I, I don't know where I had Carolina. I know it wasn't 14 or anywhere close to it. Uh, they, if they get to the tournament, it's already SEC Coach of the Year in my mind. If they win a game or two, a lot of people across the country are going to realize there's something good going on in Columbia. And I think a number of recruits will be attracted to that and a number of players in the portal will be attracted to that. Not to mention, if you and I've, I've said this for years, when people talk about the Colonial Life Maria, it's too big, it's too this, it's too that. When this team is good, they pack it. And I expect there to be a great crowd on Saturday as well. And I don't think anybody was worried about the the building being too big with 18,000 fans screaming Mm. and a win against Kentucky. And I don't think it'll be an issue on Saturday against Missouri.
2: Mike, there are 10 teams right now in the SEC within two games of the lead. I would have thought before last night that Auburn may be the best because they had not lost uh, since Appalachian State beat them back in December. But as we approach the midway point of the conference season, who is the team to beat, in your mind, in the SEC?
1: Well, here's the thing, and, and I hope the fans take this the right way. You know what the dumbest chant in sports is? When you beat somebody that you're not supposed to beat, and I don't know if this happened or not because I wasn't there. I didn't hear it on the TV screen. Overrated. When you chant, overrated. <laughs> so, in other words, what you're doing is you're just taking away from what you accomplished. Mm. The best team in this league is still Kentucky. That's right. It's still mm. Kentucky. And, and Kentucky, quite frankly, has the best chance of being in the Final Four of anybody in the league. So take that for what it's worth. You just beat one of the best teams in the country, the most talented team in the country, the team that's going to have a load of lottery picks in the country, and you beat them up good. And maybe you'll see them again in Nashville during the SEC tournament. Who knows? But I, I still think it's Kentucky 1, it's Tennessee 2, it's Auburn 3, and I would say Alabama probably 4. And then 5 through about 13 – It's Anybody can beat anybody. I I don't think there's a huge difference between 5 and 13, and I still think this league is wired to get 8, maybe 9, but I feel really good about 8, and I feel really good right now about Carolina being one of those 8.
3: So, Mike, before I transition real quick to NFL and some of the coaching hires, just had a quick soundbite here of a uh, Phil's take on mm. it, his love and admiration for yeah. Larry Bird. Don't this be embarrassed. One hunk of a man. Yeah. Just want to make sure I get out there. And uh, yeah. So now with the NFL, not too, embarrassed by that, nor should you be. Real men. So the Panthers ended up going with Dave Canales, the offense coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks not sure if they even completed an inter- interview with Mike Vrabel or not but the Panthers have their guy David Tepper has his next guy and uh the Atlanta Falcons over in your territory went with Raheem Morris the defense coordinator coming over from the uh from the Rams your thoughts on those two hires
1: uh, um i look i i gave up on trying to figure out what the Panthers are doing uh <laughs> a, a year or two ago we all have mike uh, I, Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I have nothing for you there. I really don't. But in terms of the Falcons, I, the, they clearly wanted Belichick. They missed. They clearly wanted Harbaugh. They missed Raheem Morris is a hire that inspires no one. Mm -hmm. I I don't, I don't know. I know he was in Atlanta for a while. I know everybody likes Raheem Morris. I know he's been a head coach before. Um, But that, that, is a, that is a hire that motivates and inspires nothing with a fan base that is very frustrated and disgruntled and a franchise that still doesn't have a quarterback and now has a retread as a head coach.
3: Mike, just to add to, to the Panthers, we've all been equally confused about that. In the entire history of the Panthers organization, there have been nine head coaches. That's including full-time and interim coaches. Six of those nine have been under David Tepper soon to be seven out of the 10 coaches in the huh. history of the Panthers franchise. Also his yeah. Charlotte MLS team has had three coaches and is currently trying to hire the fourth and they've only played two seasons. Just putting that out there.
1: Yeah. I, I, well, like I said, I mean, I, I, he's clearly uh, doing things his way. And, uh, you know, I, I know some people over there that used to work for him. Um, but it's, it's just a different deal over there. You know, I, I I, I don't know what the interest level is in most of South Carolina because there really is nothing about the Panthers that says South Carolina. It's always been Charlotte's team mm-hmm. and they've had chances to kind of bridge that gap, but honestly, uh, they haven't done it it's it's everything about it has been has been charlotte's team, and so I, you know as I come here to Columbia and I you know I kind of feel the culture a little bit i don't I don't see a whole lot of people gung ho on Panther football. I mean, so that's that's part of the issue in in itself is are are they really are they really connecting with a fan base across the state line? It's not that far away, but you know there are other options. I mean, a lot of the people around here, the older fans or Falcon fans or Washington fans, and some of the newer fans have adopted other teams. Uh, I wonder if they can ever kind of get to reach their tentacles out to South Carolina and be more of the team for here. Because in the meantime. I'm not sure if the fan base is overly concerned about who they hire.
0: Yeah. I don't think they're that concerned about the fan base here in South Carolina.
1: You know, we're so yeah, they might tied be. up
0: with the Gamecocks and the Tigers anyway. Uh, they would be, uh, the Panthers would be, you know, third third on the totem pole at best and maybe even lower than that behind some of the other schools, but certainly not touching uh, Clemson in, in South Carolina during, during football season. Uh, you're already in town, I take it? Excuse me. Yes, I am in town. You can hear the recruiting report live while you're in town. So get ready. I got a report. I got an offer going out to a 27
1: cornerback that we'll be talking about. Yeah, so get ready for that. That that is down to, uh, from what I understand, if I read your, your newsletter correctly, South Carolina, North Carolina. East Carolina, Western Carolina, South Carolina State, South Carolina Upstate, Charleston Southern, North Carolina State, North Carolina Upstate, South Carolina Upstate, Coastal Carolina. That's what I heard. That's what I read. Could be wrong.
0: Well, he's dropping a top 25 in about two weeks, so...
2: Okay. Well, brought, that. Brought, brought to you by Sea Don't forget that. Brought hey, to bad, you by Sea That's right. Too bad. Too
0: bad you're not. Uh, you didn't come. Well, Sea Wells is uh, closed tomorrow for a private event. So today was um, roast beef Friday on a Thursday. So you missed that. So oh, maybe next well, time in I'm- town.
1: I'm gonna hit my uh, my man Billy over at D's Wings off of Meeting Street. That's whenever I come back in town. You got a couple of staples. Mm-hmm. You got D's, You got Salsarita. So I make sure to hit those two to get some good grub. I can't get that in Atlanta.
0: No, you can't. Columbia has things that you just can't get in Atlanta. That's for sure. Mike, very true. You have a. Uh, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll, I'll come by and wave at you if they let me on the floor, uh, and then we'll just go from there.
1: Well, that would be Saturday, but I would love to see you tomorrow I mean, anyway.
0: I mean, Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. But keep in mind this, too. I hate to. Here's the other thing. Uh, yeah, there's a basketball game tomorrow. I mean, Saturday. There is a basketball game. But probably more importantly, at halftime, Shane Beamer is going to introduce the newest members of the football team, the guys that oh. joined the program at the midterm. And then he's going to like talk it. to the media for a few minutes afterwards back in the bowels of the colonial life arena so in other words the media will miss about the first 10 minutes of the second half
3: <laughs>
1: so. well i'm sorry to hear that but if they want they can go back and watch the dvr mm. and uh we'll we'll see we'll still uh, keep calling the game even when shane's talking do
0: you think you'll have shane on live television on saturday maybe
1: uh if he wants to we've we've done coaches interviews before mm-hmm. we've had several on yeah. you know it, it really depends i don't want to I don't want to cut into uh, his valuable time. He's got a press conference. It's a lot of stuff going on. Mm. But uh, if we can't get him, we'll 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 get you instead. I'm always available. I we look forward to it. Always available or Teddy Hefner. I uh, I think America needs more corn. I can get Teddy for you now. Teddy Hefner is available. We'll just be happy if Teddy can make it to the arena.
0: Okay, I'll see you Saturday, if not tomorrow. Thanks, Mike. All right, sounds good. See you guys. Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move. <laughs>